0: Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menuno's, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menuno's, your life improvement series starts now.
1: Heal Squad, happy Thursday, happy Throwback Thursday, it's Kelsey, and I am here to tell you to get your notebooks ready, to listen up, because we have world-renowned psychic medium and astrologer Jessica Lanyadu on the show today, and she is helping us understand the difference between anxiety and intuition, oof, this really helped me, I didn't realize how similar these two things felt, but they absolutely do, and she really helps Oh my God. It's amazing. It really blew my mind. She also helps us lean more into our psychic abilities. She talks to us about what our dreams are telling us. This is such a fun episode and I know you all are going to love it. If this is your first time, if this is your second or third, please enjoy. And also if you can please leave us an Apple podcast or Spotify review, if you love the episode, if you love the show, it means the world to us and it really helps us. So thank you all. Sending you so much love and enjoy.
0: Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. Our quote of the day, may you know the difference between your intuition and anxiety. Ooh, right. I I was like, I didn't know the two intersected or got confused for each other. So maybe all this anxiety that's inside of me is just intuition. That's
1: what I thought too. I'm Mm. like, great. Good to know. Is that
0: what she's (laughs) saying? I don't know. We have to ask her. We're going to be chatting with astrologer and psychic medium, Jessica Lanyadu, and we're going to learn how to lean into our psychic abilities, refine our intuition. You know, when you get your astrology chart kind of done, um, and last year I did it with Sanjeev, as you recall, and we did an episode with him, and he does Ayurvedic astrology. I actually don't think I've heard of somebody who does who's a psychic medium and an astrologer. I haven't either. Okay, so I'm not crazy to think that. I was like, I don't
1: recall, but I'm sure
0: one helps the other.
1: Right. Well, I know like Jay Ray dabbles with astrology, but like Jessica is like a studied astrologer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I did my astrology chart and I remember I had done it before Sanjeev too. And they kept telling me that I had to wait like two and a half years for things to get good. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can wait any longer. Then Sanjeev did it last year around this time. And he was like, in April next year, everything's going to go great. Like, it was just like, that's the opening. And that's what everybody else had told me too, because astrology is very pretty finite. There's a lot of interpretation too, but there are certain things that are pretty, you know, kind of finite. Written
1: written in the stars.
0: Yeah. So um, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till April oh my God, another like year and a half. Um, There's just no way I can wait that long. Well, we have no choice, guys. (laughs) Time only ticks one second at a time, so you have to wait. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that intuition and anxiety could have something to do with each other because... I'd like to think some of my anxiety is founded. (laughs) I'd like to think it isn't all just based
1: on fear of things
0: that probably will never happen.
1: I agree. I would like to think that as well. I'm like, wait, am I anxious or am I just highly intuitive? Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. It'll be interesting because I think, I don't know. I want to talk to her about, you know, the little signs that we get every day because... Sometimes you feel something and you maybe think it's anxiety, but maybe maybe it's a sign. I don't know. Or Do you maybe feel it's like you have gut. a lot of
0: anxiety? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I have not gotten that for oh, you yeah. at all. Thank
1: you. I try and stifle it. I have massive. I literally got my blood work done. And she said that, like, my number one issue is how high my cortisol is, which is the stress hormone. Like, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety. And I used to get, like, gnarly panic attacks. I try really hard to keep it at bay, but or at least not outwardly seem like I'm an anxious person, but
0: mm. yeah, I was in anxiety yeah. um, denial my whole life. Ooh. Tell us more. Well, I mean, I, it took me till I was an adult to realize that both my parents had a lot of anxiety mm. and that we all kind of had it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And so, yeah.
1: You were just like, no, I don't want it.
0: Well, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes I feel like, which by the way, in some things it's good when you can declare it, then you know, all right, you have something that you are going to start to tackle or, or handle, or, you know, they say like the first step is admitting it or whatever. But for me, I never wanted to admit anything. I didn't want anything holding me back in life. So I never admitted to jet lag. I was like, jet lag, what's jet lag? Meanwhile, I'd be like suffering, but I was like, no, jet lag doesn't exist. And guess what? Didn't exist. I still had some issues. I just didn't attribute them to that. I just attributed to, it just is what it is. So the more we latch on to these things that are going to give us kind of that crutch, you get that crutch, but you got to know what comes with that.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been, I sent, <laughs> I sent Maria this, um, Wayne Dyer, like little, I little speech. Oh, Tell me. You're going to love it. it's, I mean, it's a lot of what he's, he talks about, period. But like his whole thing was, he went through, or this specific talk, he went through, it was like five to seven different things that we can do to like help ourselves manifest. And his number one thing he always talks about is what you think becomes. So if you think you can't do something, then you're bringing shame Mm -hmm. and you're bringing doubt and you're bringing all this. And it's just so crazy. And so just going back to the jet lag thing, you're like, no, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You actually think that then, okay, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, oh, it massively exists, I have this horrible anxiety, I'm a, then okay, you do. And that was just, I just, he's, I don't know, the most special human. And yeah. He like calms me down so much. I
0: will say though, I think with like anxiety, it's like a medical thing. <laughs> so I I think that I did myself a disservice by being in denial. Mm. And I recently admitted it to my doctor and... And it made me feel so much better after. Oh, that's good. He was like, how are you doing? I go, I I don't know if just saying it to you made me feel better. And like I, you know, because I was white knuckling so much. But right when I said it to him, I was like, oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. And it was because I was taking a step to say, like, I need help. Like, I I don't think I can do this on my own anymore. And so then I was like, he asked me, he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, it hasn't been yeah, it oh, is. so great. sometimes admitting anything that's medical, I think, you know, you can't deny medical. Mm-hmm. Uh, anxiety was always one that was easier, I yeah. think. Um, and nowadays, you know, everybody is is vocal about their anxiety. But, um, but, yeah, I do think that you what you think you become, like I'll give you a stupid example. I think about you every day now when I take my pills. So I have yes. a supplement program <laughs> that I'm on. And I used to think I can't swallow pills. And by the way, I hate taking pills. I hate taking medicine. I don't take anything unless I absolutely have to. I hate it. I hate putting anything foreign into my body unless it's, you know, food. (laughs) 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 Which makes no sense. But whatever. These, These pills always I've had an aversion to. Queenie comes in. I watch her and she just takes a whole wad of them, pops them in her mouth and swallows. And I said, you just took down like so many pills. How did you do that? I go, it's easy. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had watched my mom because I had my mom on tons of supplements and my mom would do the same thing. And I was like, God, she's a beast. How brave is she? And so after you did that, I went up and did my supplements and I said, that's it. I'm going to take multiple at a time. And I did it. And it was so easy. So proud of you. And Every time I do it, I think of how many years I stuck with the, I can't, I can't, I can't. So the moral of the story, everybody, is if you make a list of the things you can't, then find the people that can, expose yourself to them, and then you can adopt their can and let go of your can't. That is the story because... That's why I like having different kinds of friends and, you know, different backgrounds, like just a diverse group of friends, because everyone's going to bring something different to the table. Everyone's going to bring something that's going to inspire me, that's going to show me that something new is possible. Um, And so if you think you can't, find someone who can and just model their behavior, because that's always been my thing. If someone else can do it, I can do it.
1: I love that. I mean, you and Kev were my can, especially you watching you with your mom and your own health. Like you were my can and advocating for myself when it came to my stomach, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, Maria, Maria can do this. Maria could do this times three for her mom and her dad. Like I can too. Mm-hmm. And you know, let me tell you, Maria, quick <coughs> tidbit on your anxiety. I mm-hmm. have a little hack for you and I will show you and then you can try it and link it. I got in, it's like a natural little dropper From my naturopath at Spark, because I used to take like pretty intense anxiety medication and then I cold turkey stopped it because I didn't want to take it, which was not the right thing to do. But point is some people's brains are just wired a little bit differently and they do need help and that's Mm -hmm. okay. And so I have these little natural um, droppers that she prescribed me and you can get them just from Whole Foods and their herbs And they help me so much. If I, you know, when you just feel like you're like kind of shaky, it takes the edge off just a little bit. I do a little couple drops on my mouth. Yep, that's it. And what? So subtle. What is what's in it? I'll have to look up the ingredients, but it's just it's like three herbs. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah,
0: and I I love it because I'll catch myself grinding inside. Yep, and just not being able to stop. Yeah. And that just and it makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga nidra really helps, but you can't yoga nidra all the time. You can't When you're <laughs> 24/7, driving, yeah. yeah, that that helps me. Um, but and I'll then show we you have Doctor Amon's like rubbing your hands. But Doctor um,
1: Oz is holding the ice cube. I do that
0: too. I haven't done that. Helps so much. But I'm gonna do those little droppers for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what anxiety medicine can I ask?
1: God, I don't even remember. It wasn't Xanax because I didn't want. To have, I had heard so many people get addicted that to it. That was the addictive one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a really, I don't remember the
0: name, didn't very it help low you? dose.
1: It did. It really did. It,
0: it didn't make you sleepy or anything. Mm-mm.
1: But yeah. it made it so my anxiety attacks, like I would get probably one a day, like it made it so I could stop myself and be like, okay, what's happening? Calm yourself down. Set a new point. Exactly.
0: Like a new normal. Exactly.
1: And then it kind of stuck. So now I can do that without that. And I just take the little bit of natural stuff. I
0: like that. Mm hmm. all right, guys, Jessica Laniato is an internationally respected astrologer and psychic medium with fans and clients across the globe. She's been working with people, helping them help themselves since 1995 and writing her weekly horoscope since 2003. She's the host of the astrology and advice show ghost of a podcast and author of astrology for real relationships, understanding you, me, and how we all get along. She's well respected within the astrology community for her unique and pragmatic approach. Heel Squad, let's welcome Jessica Laniato. Hi, Jess. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. It's great to see you and all your to beautiful see colors. You. Oh, thank you. I love your background. I love your name up there. That's so cool. Well, thank you. I have I have a compulsion with color. I love it. So that's the excuse. Um, I love your last name. What is it? Lenyado is um my father is a Baghdadi Jew so there's not uh, in the U.S. most people don't know about that lineage but yeah what is that Um, Baghdadi Jew he my family was in Iraq in Baghdad Mm. uh for a century and when we kind of crawl back through the family tree a lot of Baghdadi Jews which is Iraqi Jews. uh, are from Spain and fled the Inquisition. So Lanyador is probably the root uh, of Lanyado. Wow. Yeah. And where were but you born? I'm from, well, I'm, I was born in the US, but raised in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. Uh-huh. Um, and my mother, and my mother is a firstborn to Holocaust survivors from Pol- Poland. And then my father uh, left Iraq, because all the Jews left, uh, and ended up in Canada, which is where they met. Wow. Yeah. So, and then astrology brought me to the U (laughs) S that's so cool.
0: How did astrology bring you to the U S?
2: Well, if we go back in time to the 1990s before the internet was a thing, (laughs) um, I don't mean to bring us back to the olden days when we used phones and stuff, Uh but back then, um, really in North America, the only place you could expect to be an astrologer or meet people who were like really interested in or educated about astrology was San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really lucky. I went to this alternative CISEP, which is a form of college we have in Quebec. Um, And there was, uh, the semester I was there, there was a Jungian psychology teacher who taught at the regular college, but at the alternative college I went to, he taught an introduction to astrology from a Jungian perspective. Yes. Like Carl You're, Jung? Yeah, he was really into astrology. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and there's a whole uh, branch of astrology, uh, which is psychological astrology, that is very Jungian. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, know. I know. Get ready, because I'm going to give you details about it. But I am not actually a Jungian uh, astrologer myself. I'm I'm a humanist astrologer, um, which is different but kind of similar to psychological astrology but there are so many different branches of astrology people don't really realize that yeah um and there are different you know kind of like methodologies that are behind it uh but back in the 1990s when I was studying astrology uh from a Jungian perspective I was like oh this is what I actually want to do with my life and The second semester he taught uh, an intermediate class and I was like, well, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I packed a big, um, a big backpack and uh, full of astrology books and men's slacks. Uh, That's just, it was the nineties and I I won't apologize, but that's what I did. And I moved to San Francisco and study, started studying and joining groups and meeting with clients. And uh, that was in 1994. And I've been in the Bay Area ever since practicing astrology. How were your parents with all of this? That is a very fair question. Um, (laughs) You know, they're... Baghdaddy dad, I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, they were kind of of the mind when I was being raised. uh, You should marry rich is what they would say. They would say you should marry rich because with your personality, you're not going to go into the world and, you know, make money uh, at a job. And also they were old school. So they're just like, Oh, you're a girl. You should marry rich. And I know there's like a stereotype of Jewish people in the U S that they're very focused on education. And and maybe that's true, but in my family, people didn't go to college, um, especially not women. There was no conversations about university. So surprisingly, when I was like, oh, and I also uh, am very gay and I came out of the closet at all at the same time. So when I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco, I'm going to be a professional gay astrologer. They were like, well, you know, I mean, it's like, what battle do you want to fight? What hill do you want to die on? That's amazing. Is the question. So they, it was too much for them and they just kind of let it all go. God, that's kind of funny, but actually I just it's felt funny. so many
0: emotions all at once. I want to cry and I'm laughing and I don't know why.
2: Oh my God. Well, I'll take it. Thank you Ooh. very much. Thank you very much. Ooh,
0: Cause I know that you're encapsulating like a lot in one, you know, one kind of joke moment. There's no way it was that easy, but damn, yeah, I, it, I give you a lot of credit because it's, it isn't easy.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It was, you know, it was at the time, I was so young that I didn't realize how bold what I was doing was. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry to mess up your makeup. Mm. It's beautiful, but Hey, here we are. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't realize how bold it was. I, I wasn't motivated by money. I was only motivated by like doing having a life that I, I liked. And so when I moved to San Francisco, I, you know, I was just here in 2022 Astrology is kind of cool like yeah. you know if, if you're a millennial you know what your sun sign your your rising sign your moon sign is but in the 1990s it was not the same it was super nerdy and the astrology groups that i was a part of um in Oakland and San Francisco it was primarily people like the youngest people were 30s most people were in their 60s or you know their 40s i was 19 when i moved to San Francisco so it was like 19 through 21 i was going to these groups And I was by far the youngest person, uh, one of the only, if not the only queer person. It was a very kind of homogenous demographic of people, but it was also (laughs) so nerdy. Like, I can't tell you how nerdy astrology truly is when you get into it. Um, So if you peel back the memes and the sun sign horoscopes, you just have a lot of math and a lot of studying and a lot of nerds. Mm. So um, I was into that, like I was super into that and I, I... got very lucky that astrology got popular, you know? Yeah. Uh, like you entered I, at the
0: right time. Seriously. Like yeah, you I, you, I, you wrote out the beginning to appreciate where you're at now. Yes, but yes. it's funny because I know about Ayurvedic astrology mm-hmm. because my Ayurvedic healers that come on the show were like, it's the most accurate. You should try it. And I did, and I loved it, but I didn't know that there was anything other than regular astrology and Ayurvedic. I didn't know there was psych- psychological astrology. Yes. astrology oh yeah so did you study v- a variation of astrologies until you chose one
2: that's a good question so i i studied so when i was first taught astrology i went through all of i'm a, a tropical astrologer i use western astrology um as opposed to eastern um and it's just a very radically different system we use different ephemeris um and when i first started learning my teacher was like study all the house systems and if you've ever seen your birth chart it's like it's a circle if you're using western astrology um it's a circle with a bunch of like i always describe it as like a pizza pie with a bunch of slices 12 specific slices um so there's different house systems different ways of (laughs) determining those slices of pie essentially and they are very important to how we use astrology so i kind of studied them and chose the one that I love which is campanus houses which most people will be like who cares but for you know uh that is that is the thing I did not study all forms of astrology because my passion is helping people and you know I'm from immigrants I you know born in the US raised in Canada back in the US um I am queer I am you know multi ethnic and all the ways I am and I'm very interested in understanding our lineage, not just, you know, why you find people who wear Crocs annoying um, and why your ex is the way they are. I mean, that's fun and interesting, but I'm also interested in our early developmental experiences, how they are culturally motivated, um, the experience of being from a multiracial or multiethnic background, being from immigrants. Um, There's like so many things that you can use astrology to uh, understand. And when we uh, kind of talk about those things in an intimate safe setting, like a one-on-one reading, which is what I've done for the bulk of my career, it's so validating to have a stranger who's not a part of your family accurately describe not just your lived experience, but give you context for your parents and your grandparents um, and to be able to kind of give you tools around that. So that is what I've always been really passionate about, looking at early developmental experiences, inherited conditions. And that brought me to medical astrology, which is one of the things that I do. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's all these crazy branches of astrology That's crazy <laughs> wow medical yeah. astrology okay yeah. yeah medical astrology is uh has always been one of my passions and it is essentially the astrology of being able to look at a the birth chart and to determine what your physiological nature is. Um, So it's not just about disease and illness, although it can be about that. It's also about understanding like, okay, so there's like heart disease in the family on your dad's side. So that predisposes you to it. Sure. But let's also talk about the psychological, the spiritual, the emotional, the behavioral, um, inherited components that come from your dad's side and how you can work with them so that we can kind of not abandon science and medicine because please see a doctor for medical issues, not an astrologer, but it's like an, a, a companion, you know, mm. um, I've even had dentists and doctors contact me to be like my client or my patient told me that you told them what was wrong and you were right. How did you know that? Like people, it unnerves doctors sometimes, wow. but it's cool.
0: Yeah. I like that. Well, we were talking about earlier. I was like, joking that I've been in anxiety denial my whole life. And I, it took me at some point to realize, oh my God, both my parents have a lot of anxiety. And then I looked at my brother, I'm like, oh my God, he just, I mean, he takes it off the charts. And then, yeah, I guess I do too. (laughs) I just have figured out a way to, you know, navigate it somehow. But I, I am very interested in that kind of lineage in terms of, you know, learning about your health and stuff. That's so fascinating. It's
2: the most fascinating, I think, too. It's just there's there's no person who doesn't want to understand our digestion, why our hair won't grow, why we have anxiety and not just from a perspective of like so I can be okay in my body, but also of like is something wrong with me like or or is there something i can learn from this is this just like a maladjust a maladapted you know coping mechanism is this something that is actually like a calling like i meant to embrace this part of myself because part of me while i get deep but i'll say what most of us do when we experience pain uh, and discomfort is we abandon ourselves, we abandon the difficult feelings, and we do that as a way to cope and to keep on being like a high functioning member of society or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, just to get through your damn day. And that practice of self abandonment is often taught, we are taught by our parents, the adults around us, sometimes other kids when we're little, what's acceptable and what's not. And then our personalities and our circumstances kind of like figure out how to work with that as adults. And what astrology can do is describe the all of that and help you to astrology doesn't do this. An astrologer can do this based on astrology, I should just say. Um, but what we can do is we can recognize like, okay, this is in your nature to work on. This is in your nature to do. And this is, you know, not so much in your nature. So you keep on trying to like, you know, walk through curtains and your whole chart's like, yeah, you're scared of curtains. Why would you walk through curtains? There's a door, there's a window, like there's other ways of doing it, you know? Um, and I think accepting your nature is the most effective way to change things. If that's what you want to do, or that's what's called for, but we tend to try to skip over that self-acceptance piece that because it's so hard to sit with uncomfortable and shitty emotions. Mm, Well, how do you sit in uncomfortable and shitty emotions? A million dollar question, right? Um, there's two things I'll say to that. One is there's, it's be uncomfortable. It's be unhappy and be uncomfortable. And I think that there's, you know, if you touch a hot stove and your hand hurts afterwards, that means your body is working the way it's supposed to. And so is your brain. If you touch a hot stove and you don't feel the pain, something's actually wrong. Not all pain is meant to be avoided. We are supposed to experience the pain of something not working, right? And so one part of my answer is the way you experience it is by feeling bad and feeling like you're doing it wrong and all of that kind of stuff. And then the other, maybe a little bit more conceptual answer is that this is what I've seen through my private practice is that what most of us do most of the time is we have to go through this tunnel. Can I be a little crass? Yeah, OK, this tunnel of our own shit, mm-hmm. it's just this long, dark, stinky tunnel of our own shit. And this can be around our you know, intimacy issues, our fears of success, our failures of failure, whatever it is. And we are like, OK, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You start going through your tunnel and it stinks and it's dark and it feels bad. And there's no guarantees that anything's going to be better on the other side and then you get around halfway through and you're like screw this this is too hard i don't know what's going to happen and we go right back where we came from even though it might be equidistant to where to the end goal because the devil you know is the easier devil like the the pain you're comfortable with is the easier pain mm-hmm. and so we we really do ourselves dirty by not sitting just when it feels like you can't sit with your pain anymore sitting with it That's when we need to not abandon ourselves and not change that course. And it's very hard. And again, there's no magic bullet. It's just being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. I think we live in a society, right. Where we're taught to console and to say, don't cry. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Or, or, you know, you have so much good. Like, why are you so focused on this or whatever? Like there's just, we're taught to not let someone sit in it. And mm-hmm. then we're also taught, you know, to shift out of it as fast as possible, whether it's through booze or vacations or running away. And so I I like that. I think I, think I did a little bit of that this summer. I just kind of sat with my mom's loss and I was just kind of like, oh, this really sucks. This really, mm-hmm. really sucks. And I just kind of sat with it I didn't really have many other choices, I feel like, because I wasn't going to drink my way out of it. And Kevin wasn't here. So I couldn't just cry to him. I just kind of sat with it. But I think that's really interesting. So we have all these different astrologies. And before I forget to get the answer to this, because this was our big question going in was, how do you know the difference between your intuition and anxiety?
2: Your intuition has no agenda no agenda. It is neutral. Intuition is inherently neutral. So you may have an intuitive hit that the volcano is going to erupt. And then, so that would be neutral. Now, a moment later, you may be like, oh my God, I'm standing at the base of the volcano. I'm terrified. Like you might have a feeling about that intuitive hit, but the hit itself is it's not scared, there's no emotion, there's not excitement, there's not fear. There's no emotion associated with intuition, it's neutral. And so that's the way, and it's really that simple. The problem with simple is simple is often the most difficult things, just like sitting with grief. Like the most simple thing in the world is also the most difficult thing in the world. Um, and I think like to your point just a moment ago, we have this idea that like smart people deal with complicated problems and it's like simple to sit in your emotions um, or it's simple to just be present and listen, but that's the work. Like if you want active relationship to your intuition and to start kind of really knowing the difference between the voice of your intuition and the voice of your anxieties, which often sound like intuition, um, then you have to sit with both of them, which means sitting with anxiety without an agenda, without fixing it, without trying to like outsmart it. And most of us are too busy surviving for that, you know, or proving that we're fill in the blank, right? But we're doesn't
0: anxiety ourselves. come from fear and fear is not neutral. So how
2: how can that be disguised as intuition? Okay. So a lot of times, so this is, so there's like an astrological answer I'll give. The planet Neptune in astrology, it governs a bunch of things. One of the things that it governs is anxiety. And the other one is intuition. It is the planet that is related to our sense of there being something more. So it's like high spirituality. So it's not religion. It's connection to God or universe. Um, And. When it's kind of out of balance or uh, it's not paired with appropriate grounding or centering, what happens is it's kind of like think of it as um, our auric field, which is, say, our energy field that is around every human person and thing and all that, um, is porous. But when we have too much Neptune, when we have too much anxiety, it's like a damn loofah sponge it's just sucking in everything so now you're getting in too much information on an energetic level and when we get in too much information our system goes into what's real oh my god am i am i okay i don't know why i feel this way what's wrong instead of again getting a little bit grounded and listening to what is this feeling is this feeling even mine you feel this sense of fear and when we feel fear, if we don't sit with the fear and just be present without an agenda, then we cannot effectively parse out. What if this is, my intuition is saying, this is a danger because there are dangers in the world and we wanna listen to our intuition around danger. And what is my projection onto my uncertainty or my fears that's making it worse? And, and, and that just is a practice. It's a practice and it requires that, you know, your own inner voice. Mm. And, you know, I say this and. Part of like the assumption in what I'm saying that I want to just kind of like point to is that most of us are intuitive. Now, not everyone's psychic. It's just like, you know, when people, I I personally am a psychic, but when people who can sing really well, are like, everyone can sing and athletes are like, everyone can sprint. I'm like, well, is that, is that true? But we all have the capacity, right? Um, So in terms of intuition, we are all connected. We are all interconnected. And what is destabilizing about that is if you walk into a room and a bunch of people were fighting in that room. Now you might not be psychic, but you're like, something's wrong. And if you're in a state of anxiety or if you have an anxious nature, uh, you might be like, what's wrong? What did I do? Oh no, what's gonna happen next? Instead of, oh, these people were fighting about the bill at dinner the other night. You know what I mean? And, and this takes knowing our own energy so we can tell when something's not about us or not our own. And that it takes a lot of practice um, and willingness to be uncomfortable. Honestly, (laughs) how do you gain
0: a better understanding of your own inner voice?
2: Mm. I think that when people think of intuition, they think of like Morgan Freeman's (laughs) voice, you know what I mean? Like the voice of God in your head. Um, And it's actually more of, again, a neutral whisper. So there's like the voice of your intuition or your guidance, which is very neutral and very subtle and does take some stillness and quiet within you to receive. And when most of us are feeling grief or anger or um, anxiety, it's very hard to achieve that. So there is that. But the other part of what I'll say is it's simply through showing up for yourself noticing how you feel and then like a, like a psychic trick uh, that anyone can use is when you notice how you feel, just grab your phone, use the notes of your phone, like write on a piece of paper, stick it in your pocket, whatever works. Um, What it is that you think is happening. Like what it is that your instincts are telling you put the date and the time on it and then return to it later that day, next week, whatever it is. And then you can start developing a sense of like, huh, every time I get a stomach ache, It's not because I ate the dairy. It's not because I'm having anxiety. It's because I'm having a relationship dynamic with my boyfriend and he's not even telling me what's wrong. And it's like, oh, my body is telling me something's wrong. Interesting. Like you can start picking up on those things, but it takes having a real like uh, willingness to investigate and Mm -hmm. having some patience, which again, I know most people don't really have time and energy for, um, but that's, that's the way we do it. Or at least it's one of the ways we do it.
0: I like that. I, I think I've done versions of that for sure. Cause you want to know, you know, our instinct as humans, was I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> like if and I also, wake up like, with a dream, I'll write it down cause I want to remember and see if it comes true or whatever.
2: Do you have prophetic dreams? Mm. You do. Yeah. It's a really interesting thing about dreams because they, they, it's like when we we don't have boundaries. We're sleeping. We can't have boundaries. We're just wide open. And our unconscious mind can kind of sort through things. It's I I am a professional psychic, but I don't have psychic dreams usually. I will show up in other people's dreams, apparently, but I don't have psychic dreams. Um, and I find I find like the for people who do, it is really wise and healthy to have a like a dream journaling practice mm-hmm. because it is your subconscious being like. Hey, I'm here and I want your attention and I can be more, I can be of more service to you. And that said, sometimes having prophetic dreams is a burden depends on what the prophecy is.
0: Oh yeah. No, I had to shut that down a while ago. That was really too scary. Cause I would have the dream and then the next day it would come together on the news and I would see it. It was world events. That's the worst. And it was so freaky mm-hmm. that I could predict what was coming and it made me look like a crazy person to my bosses. Sure. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, yeah. um, we should probably get a news crew over to Denver cuz there's going to be a shooting in the church parking lot somewhere in Denver. Everyone's going to be okay, but" and then it literally would play out just like that. It was just wow. bananas. It was really scary. So, um, but I think, you know, and then you have these weird ones. Like I had a weird one the other night. And I was trying to figure it out. So I'll go on to Google and try to like dream analysis. But there was, I was back in my old house in Medford, Massachusetts. And behind the fence, I could see this hawk kind of bird flying up in the sky. And then I saw his eyes and I saw his intention was to get an animal. And he flew down and behind the fence, he grabbed a dog. I didn't know what he had grabbed until he got up in the sky. And it was almost like a stork or whatever had this big cage its mouth was a cage. So you could see through and it was this white fluffy dog inside caged and he was flying away with it. And I was, I screamed to try to scare the bird and the dog. So it wouldn't happen. Cause I knew what was about to happen, even though I couldn't really see. Um, and the neighbors came out and I'm like, I think he took your dog and, and you know, the dog, it was gone. As a first time mom of a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps a bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet
2: chili. <laughs> That's terrible. Can I ask you some questions about your dream? Yeah. Okay. Was it day or night? It was day. Okay. So from my perspective, and I'm not like, I don't specifically do dream work, mm-hmm. but I do. You know, it's I'm in the I'm so realm. excited. Yes. Um, Cause I,
0: I was asking my husband, he's like, I have no idea. I'm like, shit, I need to know uh, what this
2: means. I know some things. I mean, <laughs> I have theories about some things. So always pay attention to whether it's day or night in a dream, because whether it's day or night is whether it's more conscious or more submerged, that's broadly what we want to look for. Um, And generally there are three main players that show up in dreams. So in this dream, it was you, the bird and the dog, the kind of the neighbors were kind of like, yeah, to substantiate your feelings. Right. Um, And the threes are meant to be, again, like a spiritual representation of the things that we're coping with, the things that we're working through. So. Again, very broadly speaking, hawks are related to like big picture, right? They they do this big like surveying. Um, they're so majestic. I love hawks. Uh, I'm sorry that they killed a cute fluffy dog in your dream. But The dog
0: was still alive. It was in the cage in his mouth. So he was alive being taken away. And I'm like, oh my God, this poor dog is just sitting there scared. Like what's going to happen
2: to me? And did you believe in the dream that the hawk was going to eat the dog? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he hunted him. And it took makes him. me wonder, do you mind if I say something personal? Go for like it. Interpreting your dream. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, if you have some big picture goals and plans that you fear will be at your own expense because the white fluffy dog is loyalty to the self. And in this dream and in this context, it was like a small vulnerable thing, which is you, you're the small vulnerable thing, but you're also the hawk. And you're also the you watching being like, wait, what am I doing here? So it makes me wonder if you've got some big picture stuff going on and you're not necessarily being loyal dogs, right? They're like related to loyalty and like lady best friend. Um, If there are some ways that you're not maybe taking proper care of yourself and protecting yourself from your own uh, ambitions, goals, plans. Uh, And with Hawks, it's usually like, this big picture stuff because of the way that they um, I'm blanking on the word. You know what I'm talking about? The way that they fly is uh, they don't flap their wings. They, they, they kind of glide, they glide, they glide they coast. There's, there's another word that I'm blanking on now, but yeah, they, they are, um, they are related to your goals in this dream because that's what the hawk does. It's, it's a hunter. Right. And it like came in with purpose Mm. and then did a damn thing Mm -hmm. um, and was on its way out. And you, so I would imagine that there's some sort of goal that you're, you're struggling with. And I think, um, the thing that's cool about dreams that is different than let's say astrology is that they can be prophetic in that it's like predicting a thing like Mm -hmm. Denver. Right. But it can also simply be a situation where you're, um, your psyche is communicating something to you that you're in process with already. Mm. So you're already, working on this. You were already, I mean, the fact that it was daytime to me suggests this is a problem you're consciously engaging with and not just uh, unconsciously. If it was nighttime, I would be like, you need to think about this, but if it's daytime, it either is going to like make sense or not because it's daytime.
0: So it's a goal that I'm afraid is
2: going to hurt me. That you should be afraid is going to hurt you.
0: Yeah. So, so then that's probably kids. <laughs> cause that's okay, the only that, thing that I, I can think it. of where, uh, cause I, my interpretation that I could come up with was, um, that there's a feeling of being trapped. Hmm. You
2: identified with the dog.
0: Yeah. I, I felt, I was like, maybe I feel trapped and, mm-hmm. and what do I feel trapped in? And I think the fear of how life is going to change this year, should kids come into the picture, and will that be a good thing or a bad thing? Because you can't take it back once you've done it. You can't and take it back. And the older you get, the more scared you get about these yeah. things, right? When you're young, you're like, yeah. oh, whatever, I have kids. Now you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Everything's going to change. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? That's my number one question I ask everybody when they're like, you're going to have kids, whatever. And I'm like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I need to know. Tell me the truth because I will... I will abort the mission. That's a bad word to use with this. I will, I will stop the pursuit. (laughs) If someone (laughs) knows for sure, this is going to be a bad thing. Um, So yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's for sure what it it is. That's
2: exactly what I would imagine. (laughs) And I would say for whatever it's worth, you are the hawk and the dog and the concerned you, you are all of it. And I do think it's wise for you to, really like if you meditate if you do like any kind of woo which obviously you do Mm -hmm. um to really like sit with all three of those parts of you not just the dog because of course you'll be trapped if you have kids i mean (laughs) anyone who tells you you won't be trapped if you have kids either doesn't have kids uh or is lying to protect how trapped they feel because Mm -hmm. that's part of the part of the thing yeah um I mean, kids are going to be annoying and gross and all the things because they're kids. They're also the best love of of your life and all those things. But I think when we go into major commitments, especially things like kids where you cannot get out. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it is wise to confront the parts of you that are like, yeah, this won't work for me in these ways. And to make a choice, they won't work for me in these ways. And it's worth it because they'll work for me in those ways or actually, maybe, maybe this is not actually what I want. And <clears throat> your dream is, is I think very strongly articulating that you need to give yourself space to ask all of those questions because the fluffy dog wasn't eaten yet. No, it was just ensnared. Mm-hmm yeah sorry to laugh because it isn't funny I guess we're just making each other laugh tragedy a little bit but it's
0: good it's good <laughs> I laugh at all the worst things <laughs> I was almost kidnapped once I laughed I mean it's crazy like you just it's my nervous reaction but yeah it's, that's fair I feel like I've spent so much time questioning all these things but yeah it's it's a strange it's a strange thing because you don't know yeah how good it will be will it weigh out the things that you're afraid of
2: hmm right know? And the truth is, you know, because I, you know, have counseled people for a living for 20 something years. I know that people don't walk in to room saying, I am miserable. I am tired. I don't get along with my kid. I don't like this choice. And that doesn't mean it's not true Mm -hmm. because people, as you were naming before, don't always talk about the hard stuff. And I'm not saying this to frighten you or anything like that. Well, No,
0: and it's also not like appropriate in our culture to ever admit that you don't like your kid. So many people have assholes for kids. Like, yes. oh my God, they're horrible. Yes, yes. <laughs> they think can. of all the
2: jerks in the world. <laughs> so many demons. <laughs> yes, so many demons. And also you can have a child that is a perfectly fine person that you just don't get along with, that mm-hmm. it's just not your kind of person. I know lots of people like that, that I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with this person. I don't want to talk to them, hang out with them. I wouldn't want to be their roommate, but like, they're fine. That can happen with the kid. There is no guarantee. And mm-hmm. I think, okay, watch me, watch me go for just a moment. I think that we are not at a place as a society yet, where we have really integrated that we have a choice. We never for all of human history had a choice about how we lived uh, as women, whether or not we had families, whatever our gender And now we do, but we haven't really integrated that yet. And so there's all these assumptions placed on us that we will have kids. We should have kids that kids are, you know, uh, the the path to happiness. But studies have been done in recent years that say that people in the same age group with and without kids, the people without kids actually report more happiness. And that has to do. I know. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I think that has to do with a lot of things, including how expensive children are and Mm -hmm. we're living through a time of great destabilization. And I'm not saying that people who have kids aren't happy. That's not it. It's just, we don't talk about the difficult side. Yeah. And, and I think it's worth talking about because, because there are so many ways to have a happy life. And there's so many ways to um, to even have children in your life and to to be, you know, in a maternal role. I don't think the only way is to be a parent.
0: Yeah. But I should
2: say that I also have never wanted children. I've never had that impulse. So, uh, and I'm, you know, 47, I've never had that impulse. So I don't expect it to come anytime soon, but yeah. most people I know want kids or have them.
0: Well, even just talking about this, and by the way, I think it's such a healthy conversation for women to hear because I know so many people struggle in these ways and then nobody talks about it. Yeah. Um. But I know for me, <clears throat> when Kevin and I would have gotten married, we had a lot of strife in our family. So we didn't. And then we were just kind of like, we're going to curtain Goldie it. We're never going to get married. And there was a side of me that was terrified. I think I'm terrified of commitment in a weird way. I don't like anybody holding me down. I don't like anybody. I, I hate contracts. I just, just let's do us until us doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Because my whole theory is, like, I remember with agents in the beginning, they would send you the contract to sign. I'm like, I'm not signing that. By the way, I don't know where I had the balls at 20-something to be like, yeah, no, I'm not signing that, William Morris or Endeavor or whoever it was, CAA, the big, bad, whatever. I'm like, no, because when you stop working for me, I'm not going to be stuck with you. I have a life to pay for. I have a family to feed. So you keep working. We're going to be great. I don't need to leave. I don't need to move. And so... I remember my lawyer laughing because he was just like, he's like, oh my God. He's like, he was kind of impressed because I was young and I had balls, even though I had no balls, but I had some balls. (laughs) And so when I did the same thing with him, I'm like, (laughs) as long as this is working, this works, we've been together for 24 years now, by the way. And most of my relationships have been long lasting because again, as long as it's, you know, equal give and take, then it works. So I know that about me. I know that I have a fear of being Did stuck. you get, did you get married in the
2: end? I did. Did, you know,
0: it's and nothing changed. It actually only got better.
2: That's so cool. Yeah. I will say I personally am forever fianced with my partner of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, we're fianced. And I have the same feeling of like, I don't want a contract. I don't yeah. want a contract. Uh-huh. Also, I just feel like being fianced is so romantic. It's like, you're committed. There's gold jewelry, uh, there's (laughs) romance. And I, I really, the idea of settling down includes two things that I'm not super excited about settling and down. Like, (laughs) why would we, why are people so motivated to settle down? Like create stability, create richness and abundance. Yes. But to me, that's more fiance. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think I just want to say, I don't know what's right for you. I mean, if you wanted me to look at your chart, I could, but I don't know what's right for you. But I I will say that there's so many ways to be successful and happy and to have love and intimacy and family and commitment. And I'm just here for like questioning our assumptions and being willing to be honest about the parts that a lot of people aren't comfortable being honest about. Yeah. And it, it's hard, it's hard work, but it's, I mean- I don't know. It's it's hard work, but it's worth it, I guess what I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I never thought getting married was going to make any difference and it did. So now I find my friends who have been happily fianced for 10 years and I'm like, oh no, 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 you got to do it. I'm now that person where I'm like, you got to do it. A whole other love bomb is going to come your way. It's going to feel so good. I felt like I was scotch taped to Kevin in a way that I don't know. Before I was like scotch taped, now I'm masking taped. I don't know. But it was like uh, everything went deeper, even though it doesn't make sense that it could because we were it together does. for so long, but we did. And it and it was great and it was better. So I, why would anything else be different? Um, I do feel like a weird calling to adopt. I always have because I feel like for me, my mission is more to help people and so if I can help, oh God, I can get so emotional. I think of these little kids who don't have homes and it kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I get scared of yeah. that too. I'm like, what if you get the one that's like horrible and it's like a nightmare because they, you can't do anything right for them, you know?
2: But well, okay. Anyway. So here's the astrology. I think of that. The... And I'll also say, and maybe this is like a a silly thing to say, but there are such amazing conversations happening about adoption on TikTok from adoptees that like, if you get serious about it, I just, I've learned so much from adoptees talking about adoption on that app. So I know that's a silly, weird thing to say, but it's true. No, I'm going to look at Um, it. Yeah. It's definitely worth looking into. Um, But as an astrologer, I have worked with people who are adopted. Um, or who have parents who are adopted and the truth is as a parent your kids your kid it doesn't matter you know i mean if you're adopting a child who has trauma which most adoptees you know if they've been abandoned by a parent they have trauma it's really important to be conscientious of like you are bringing in someone with trauma and you're gonna have to conscientiously engage with that but um to, to me, I can see the adoptive family as well as the birth family in the birth chart. And that is really expansive because to me, again, it suggests that you as a parent get the child that's your child, regardless of whether they come from your body, a surrogate adoption, fostering, whatever it is, you know, stepchild, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, for whatever that's worth, but I yeah. think I think it's all
0: going to happen in the end because I know that I want, like these poor things have been in a freezer for so long. They got to come out. My mom used to be like, Maria, the babies, they're very cold. So I got (laughs) to, I got to deal with them. But I have always, um, have always felt that. There were two scenarios in my early twenties that I was confronted with where I wanted to just take these two kids home. And I just knew I couldn't, but I really wanted to. One had, um, like a life-threatening illness. And the other one I met when I was in Africa and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to take them and help them. But yeah, so I think it's all probably going to happen. Ladies, I am blown away. I had no idea that there was medical astrology, psychological astrology. Now I feel like I want to deep dive on psychological astrology.
1: I want to deep dive on everything. I had right? no idea. And I've, I've had astrologers and even like when she and I were talking before, before a little bit, she was talking, we were talking about my stomach, but I didn't really realize that that was an actual thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that it was like specific. I thought that it was just part of the whole, but sh- the fact that she's like, no, I mean, there's different elements. That's just crazy. I'm yeah. into it. That's so cool.
0: I am blown away by Jessica legnato I think she is exactly what she said. She says she's really good with the in-betweens and it's so cool. I feel like I know myself again, yet even better right now at a really pivotal moment. I'll share that um, uh, with you guys in the next, you know, bit tomorrow, but it's pretty cool. So in the meantime, if you haven't hit subscribe on YouTube, please join us every day. You'll get notifications. So you don't miss a great show. Um, thank you guys for the beautiful reviews on Apple podcasts. They really keep us going. And, um, I'm just so grateful. I've read a bunch more last night that just blew my mind, made me feel so happy. Um, so if you haven't yet left a review, I saw some re- that were like, oh my God, long overdue. I've been listening to the show forever. So thank you. Uh, cause it helps us and it helps us get more people, um, interested in the show. Thanks, everybody. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.
1: This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenounos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you.